Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. But today I want to talk about communion, really teach about communion, because I think that many times um, we've never really been taught about this awesome sacrament of communion. And we will tend to take communion kind of as a religious act. You know, some of us were, were raised um, taking communion. And, but it's so powerful when you start to look into the scriptures and you see that communion is a time that allows the Holy Spirit to come and start doing something new and fresh in our hearts and also a time that releases the power of the Holy Spirit to bring healing, to bring salvation, to bring deliverance. If you were raised Catholic, like me, um, how many of you raised Catholic in this region? Lots of people. Raised Catholic like me. Um, Communion is a huge thing, isn't it? It's a huge thing. You make communion, holy communion, around when you're seven or eight years old, a second grade, and it's a huge thing. It's a big event. You know, as, especially in, in my culture, it's almost like a wedding, you know. It's the time in your life where everybody that you know, your family members, your parents, friends, and, and even people at work will come to your holy communion service because it's a huge event. It's a sacred sacrament, and communion should be a huge event. It shouldn't be something that's common, just a religious act. What are we doing today? We're taking communion. It should be something that we long to partake in. It should be something that is very spiritual in our lives, that causes us to be awakened in our spirit to who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. And so here's a picture of how big this event. I mean, you get professional when, when you're as a kid, okay? I mean, it's, communion is everything. It's everything. It's a big, big event. You have the professional photographers come, and then after the, the service or the mass, you have a giant banquet. It's like one of the biggest days of your life, and I was thinking about this. I'm saying, you know what? There's something appropriate about lifting up This time that we're going to have today, this sacred time, this sacrament of communion, it's not a little thing. And I'm going to show you through Scripture how powerful this time is. You know, when we hear the word sacrament, let me give you a definition of it. Because sometimes we say things and we don't even understand what they are. But listen to what a sacrament is. Because communion is a sacrament of the Christian church. Sacrament is an act of faith that infers divine grace over your life. It's a release of God's supernatural presence, power, and unmerited favor. So communion is a sacrament. Then it brings divine grace into the lives of those who partake in it. If communion is a sacrament, it releases God's very presence into our lives. How many of you 
when you're in a communion time. Sense the shift. Come on. You can sense a shift in the atmosphere. You can sense a shift in your spirit. You start thinking, am I okay? Am I not okay? You start hearing the Holy Spirit in a more intimate way because it is supernatural. Communion is a supernatural time. There was a man, uh, his name was John Vianney, and he was a French guy who lived in the late 1700s, early 1800s. And he said something very profound. And he, it's documented that through his life he had many miracles, many documented miracles and healings. And he said this, when we receive Holy Communion, we experience something extraordinary, a joy, a fragrance, a well-being that thrills the whole body and causes it to exalt. Communion is powerful. It's so powerful. It's so supernatural. You've got to get this. Very, very powerful. Communion isn't just a religious act. You know, take the, the bread, take the wine. Okay, let's go home. It's, it's profound. It's supernatural. And I think in, in the Christian world, we have dumbed it down to just something that we do. And it's not. It's very profound. It's very supernatural. So supernatural. Let's listen to what the Apostle Paul says about this. In 1 Corinthians 11, 27 through 30, Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth. And we have the book of Corinthians, which is his letter to the church in Corinth. And he says this, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. It's not a little thing. Communion is sacred. Communion is holy. Communion is a transference of God's very presence unto us. That is why the Apostle Paul goes on to say, many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep, which means people have died but taking communion unworthily. Now, when you read the Apostle Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, and you see the problems that were being experienced in a new church, a New Testament church, of breaking into a society that's very immoral, Corinth, breaking into a society that has lots of idol worship, breaking into a society that has lots of sexual immorality. Matter of fact, when, when you read the Corinthian church and you read the, the society of Corinth, it's very much like the society of America. It's interesting when you read and say, this sounds like our country. And this is what Paul was dealing with. And a couple of things that Paul was dealing with specifically was division in the church. And he spoke about division. He said, let there not be any division among you. Let there be unity in your heart. Let there be love in your heart. Let there be forgiveness in your heart. So Paul was telling them, listen, before you take communion, make sure your heart's right with others. 
Make sure if you have offense, if you have hurt, if you have animosity, if you have anger towards others, especially the body of Christ, make it right. Don't partake of the body of Christ. Just picture ingesting the very body of Christ. Don't partake of the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus, which was sacred, which was so um, to, the, to the extreme, a sacrifice for you and me to receive forgiveness of sins, yet you have unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart. Get right with God before you partake, because communion is sacred, communion is holy. And then he talks about immorality. And there was such immoral behavior in the Corinthian church. And he's basically saying, listen, guys, God is merciful. God is love. God is forgiving. Jesus died for us. Get it right. Ask for forgiveness. Confess your sins one to another. Because what we're doing, the act of communion is too holy to just shirk it off as, eh, anyone can take communion. Okay. It's not that. It's sacred. It's holy. Now, we see communion all the way back in the Old Testament. This is how powerful communion is. When we look at the Old Testament, we read about the Passover meal. And this was the meal that the Jews partook of before God set the Jews, the Hebrews, free from the Egyptians. And God tells them, and this is such a... a, a a powerful picture of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, coming, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He says, listen, take a spotless lamb, take a lamb, bring it into your home. You're going to sacrifice this lamb, and you're going to place the blood of this lamb on the top and the side doorpost of your house. What is that? Top and the side, the cross, a picture of Jesus to come. He says, put the blood on the top and the side doorpost of your house. And then he tells them, carefully prepare this meal. Carefully have a table, prepare this meal, how to eat this meal. And he tells them this, and he says, as you partake of this meal, of this Passover meal, of this communion, judgment shall pass over shall pass over. Judgment will not touch you. That's how powerful this meal is. Judgment will not pass over. And, and, and not only that, when you read what happened to the Jews during this time before they crossed over the Red Sea, the Bible says that healing, not only did deliverance from death come upon their families, but they were healed. They were delivered. They were set free. Communion brings healing. Communion brings deliverance. It's, and, and this act of, this was an act of faith because they had to believe in order to do this. They had to believe that God was ready to deliver them and they would be delivered if they put the blood of the lamb upon the doorposts of their house and they would be delivered if they ate of the Passover meal the way God told them to eat of it. When we have faith and what we're doing is communion. It's not a little thing. When we grab hold of our faith and realize we are partaking of the very essence of Jesus Christ, you begin to be set free. 
you begin to get healed. Your relationship with God gets, gets closer than it ever has been because there's power in the taking of communion. It's not a little thing. And so we see Jesus comes. And what does he do? He takes the Passover meal, right? The Passover meal. And he transforms it into what we receive today as the communion meal. What was happening in the Old Testament, the covering of the meal, the covering of deliverance, the covering of healing, now comes into our lives through Jesus Christ and communion. So if, if the Old Testament Passover meal brought freedom, deliverance from death, healing, renewal of faith, renewal of hope, setting free from bondages, setting free from addictions, the bondages of our day and age. If it was powerful enough to do it in the Old Testament, how much more powerful is the communion meal in the New Testament through Jesus Christ? Come on. We need to receive this by faith. And as we take communion, believe that God has freedom for you. Believe that God has healing for you. Believe that God has deliverance for you. Believe that God has a promised land for you. Come on. Like he brought the Hebrews into a promised land. Believe that God, through communion, has a promised land for you. And I want to show you something, another uh, passage of Scripture in the Old Testament. And I think we've never really uh, seen this. And it kind of opened my eyes, too, as I, I was reading through it and seeing that there's communion in Psalm 23. Now, this is a psalm that most of us know. We're going to read it in a, in a second. But we really don't read this psalm thinking of communion. But I'm going to show you how Psalm 23 is connected with the communion table. And I want to give you five powerful things that we can find in this Psalm 23. Five powerful things that communion can release by faith into our lives. You ready? Take out your notebooks. Write this down. Let's read together Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's read it together. You ready? Start again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And everyone said? Amen. Everyone said again? Amen. Amen. So when we look at this psalm, we know that Jesus is the good shepherd. He's our shepherd. And it's Jesus who still prepares a table before us. It's Jesus who established the table. It's no ordinary table. It's a powerful table. It's a table that defies every single one of our enemies. That's what the psalm says. This entire psalm 
revolves around a table that the Lord, the shepherd, has prepared for you and for me. And even though you might have enemies all around, enemies of fear, enemies of worry, enemies of lack, curses that try to follow you from generation to generation, alcoholism, addiction, abuse, you have all these enemies, poverty, lack, all these enemies that seem to surround you, the Lord comes and steps right into the middle of your life when you are surrounded by enemies. You're surrounded by even eternal death without Christ. And he comes and he sets a table for you, for me. And we come to the table and the Lord Jesus is at the head of the table. And here we are at the table. And I look all around me. All the enemies that want to destroy my life. All the enemies that have been pervasive in my life. All the enemies that want to follow through lineage after lineage, our lineage, generation after generation. All the enemies that surround the Lord comes. And what does he do? He sets a table right in the middle, right in the middle. And we come to the table and we commune with the Lord. And as you commune with the Lord, as you take communion, as you unite with the Lord, let's look and see what the promises are that God gives us in this passage of Scripture. Number one, communion reestablishes your perspective before you see Jesus, the only thing you can see is the world. The only thing you'll see is the enemies that surround your life, your problems, your worries, your lack, your disease, if you're sick, your hopelessness. You can only see that. But when you come and sit at the table and you focus your eyes on Jesus, everything else becomes dim. You get right perspective, and your faith is renewed. Your faith is renewed. So enemies of fear, confusion, worry, disappointment are broken in communion because his rod and staff, they comfort me. He leads me beside still waters. Your life might be filled with raging waters, life is raging, confusion, and all kinds of stuff, the Lord comes and you sit with him at the communion table and your eyes get awakened, your faith gets renewed, and all of a sudden all these things start passing away, fear, confusion, hopelessness, because you get correct perspective with the Lord at his table. And I will fear no evil because I am with the Lord. Amen? Amen? Number two, communion restores your soul. When we take communion, it causes us to reflect on the condition of your soul. It causes us to think, Lord, I need to confess this sin. Lord, I'm sorry for this. Lord, please forgive me. Give me grace. Give me mercy in this area of your life. 
because we're taking communion. Communion has a presence. It's a presence we sang appropriately, holy, holy, holy. Communion brings a presence of holiness, and it shines a light on your soul, and it causes you to get clean with God. See, God, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's only hope. There's forgiveness. There's mercy. He is good. But communion causes us to, to get clean with God, to confess our sins to God, to get restored in God. Because in the Psalm 23, it says, He leads you to the path of righteousness. See, from time to time, you get lost in life, even as a believer. You get lost. You come off the path of righteousness. But the Lord, in communion, He brings you back to the path of righteousness. God is a good God. Come on, I'm excited about the Lord this morning. God leads us. Even when you stray away, God leads you to the path of righteousness. Number three, communion brings healing and deliverance. I believe that as we take communion, we can say and ask the Lord, God, I pray that you, the purity, the power of your body, the power of your blood, the power of the cross can bring healing to me can bring healing to me spiritually. Because when you become spiritually healed, it affects you psychologically and emotionally. I tell people all the time, listen, the most important thing you need to do is get spiritually healed. Put your faith in Christ. Because as you get spiritually healed, emotional healing will come. As you get spiritually healed, psychological healing will come. As you get spiritually healed, it's amazing how even physically you start to heal. I look at Christians and I say, I could tell this person's a Christian. Well, how can you tell? Well, look at them. They're like, you know, 70 years old and they look like they're 40. They've been living a Christian life. Powerful communion brings life, brings healing, deliverance. Number four, communion brings mercy and goodness. For surely, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Amen? I know when I'm walking on the earth, I got my girls with me. I got my wife. I got my daughter. I got my kids. But I also have Shirley and goodness. (laughs) Shirley and goodness are walking with me all the days of my life. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you, goodness. And number five, Ask the music ministry to come up, and we're going to take communion. Communion helps you to reestablish your spiritual life. It's like a switch goes off. It's a supernatural switch goes off that causes you to relook and examine your life and reestablish your relationship with God, and not only your relationship with God, but your relationship with His house. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And it ends with, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Communion causes us to love Jesus and to love his table. The church is a table in the wilderness. The church is a table in the wilderness of this world. You know, we saw what happened 
at the Walmart last night in El Paso. I believe there was something else that happened, someone told me. And we see that we're living in a time of great distress and calamity, not like any other time. People are trying to say, you know, all oh, this is new. Let me tell you something. A few years back, six million Jews were exterminated. Evil will always be present. Evil will always be present. But the church is a strong tower, the Bible says. The church is a table in the wilderness. The church has a table where we come and we commune with Jesus. And when, when David says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, he was declaring, soul, mind, will, body, family, my children, my lineage, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We will never go and eat at another man's table. We will eat at the Lord's table with his mercy. Come on. There's goodness. There's healing. There's deliverance. There's blessing for, for me and my house and my children. The greatest inheritance I want to leave my children and my children's children is communion. A union with Jesus and a love for his house where his table is set. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast, and we hope to see you soon at our 10 a.m. church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform or at LegacyChurchRI.com. Have a blessed week.